Welcome to Top Shelf at the Merrick Library with your host, Carol Ann Tack. Welcome to Top Shelf at Merrick Library. I am your host, Carol Ann Tack, and I thank you all for joining me. Listeners, have I got a debut for you? Good Morning America says that today's book, Stone Cold Fox by today's guest, debut author Rachel Kohler Croft is a delicious, twisty tale of deception and daughterhood that will have everyone holding on to their wallets. And I will tell you that not only did this book have me at the cover, but it had me at the very first sentence, which I will not share because the book will be here soon enough. Stone Cold Fox hit shelves on February 14th, a rather auspicious day, wouldn't you all say? Rachel Kohler Croft, thank you so much for joining me and the listeners of Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. I am so happy that you're here. Oh, thank you, Carolyn. I'm so excited to be here. I really appreciate it. Listeners, I am telling you this book is perfect. It is tailor-made for your book discussions. Go out and grab a copy when it hits shelves. Put a hold on at the library. I must tell you all about today's guest. Rachel Kohler Croft is a film and TV writer. She has scripted projects for Blumhouse, Sony Pictures, Freeform, Comedy Central, so many others. Her 2022 feature film, Torn Hearts, is a female-driven horror film set in the world of country music. It stars Katie Seagal, and that film is rated certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes and me. I'm just going to let you all know that. If you haven't seen Torn Hearts, I highly recommend it after the podcast, of course. And really, Rachel's Rachel's bio had me at horror and Blumhouse. So I was like hooked as soon as I read that. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things about our guest is that she has a huge love for libraries. Her fabulous mom, Christine Kohler, made sure that Rachel had her library card as soon as possible. And Rachel's Aunt Carol fostered her early readership as well. So Rachel, thanks again for joining me. And before we get to the book, tell me about young Rachel Kohler at the library. Oh my gosh, a very precocious little thing. (laughs) Obviously gravitated to the children's and young adult section from the very beginning, but I think probably around third or fourth grade, I grew up when I was very young in Palos Heights, Illinois, and I think they have since remodeled. But at the time when I walked in, to the left was the children's section, the YA section, and to the right was the adult section. And I don't know, one day I just said, I'm going to go over there and see what's going on. And I, my father read a lot of Stephen King, so I wanted to check out some Stephen King books. And then my auntie got me into all of the white oleander, when women had wings, all of those sorts of adult dramas. I was, I guess, too young for in theory, but I, I could handle it. <laughs> I was just, I couldn't get enough of books is the long and the short of it. And libraries have always just been very special to me. And I love my current local library and Marina Del Rey. They're just the best. <laughs> when I read that in your acknowledgments, I got such a chill because I remember my aunt also handing me books that were probably at the time way older. I mean, my aunt gave me Lord of the Rings and she said, I think you're ready for this, Carol Ann. I I think you should just do it. And I, like my head exploded. So (laughs) the adults in your life know when you're someone that really takes to reading early and in such an enthusiastic way, I think there are just certain books that if you're 9, 10, 11, 12, that they do hit you at the right time, even if the themes societally may be above your head. I know my auntie could always zero in on something that she thought I would enjoy. 
She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb. I read that in an impressionable age and I still love that book. Yep. yep. You remember those early, those early <laughs> titles. So I am all in on mom and and Aunt Carol. And the yes. best part about this is that you're about to see your book on library shelves. And this puts such a grin on my face because we're talking about your book on the shelf at Merrick Library, libraries across the country, in bookstores. I mean, I can't imagine what that must be like. It's so exciting. And to think about in the library, especially just with the cover and it's going to have that special smell that only library books have. And the older the book gets, like the better it's going to smell. And it already smells so good. So I'm so excited. (laughs) And the fact that there's like a neon spine. So even if I'm not a staff pick that week or whatever, even if it's on side the inside of the shelf, I'll be able to see the neon spine. And I think it will still call out to readers, young and old. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Really? I, I can't wait. I will send you a photo so you can see what it looks like all dressed up in Merrick Library colors and the whole thing. Tell listeners, and I'm really going to try to keep this spoiler free, tell us if you can, to the extent that you can, about Stone Cold Fox. Stone Cold Fox is about B, an ambitious, young, beautiful woman We could call her the semi-reformed daughter of a con artist who wants to hang up her devious hat for good. And she wants to do that by marrying into the 1%. So when she meets Colin Case, kind of boring, dull, but very rich, blue-blooded guy, she knows that it's not really going to be an issue to get the ring from him because she's a total bombshell. But she's no fool. And she's pretty certain that his family and inner circle might be tougher nuts to crack, as it were especially his childhood best friend, Gail Wallace Lester, who is out for blood when it comes to B because she doesn't want B to be admitted to their upper crust luxurious fold. And I won't say anything more about Gail. <laughs> we'll talk about her just a little bit later. But about that title, I have to tell you, back in the 80s, I was in high school and just with my friends, we used to use the expression, you know, so-and-so is such a fox. So when I saw that title, I thought, wow, it brought me right back to those days. Tell me about choosing this title. Sure. Well, it's such an evocative phrase, isn't it? And I actually have to give some credit here to my editor. So when I had the book complete, it was under the working title, Foxes, because I just, all the women were very cunning and sly and well-developed. And I was like, okay. And I, I'm just like a huge animal lover. Foxes being one of my favorites. I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if like foxes in my first book. And then when I ended up selling it to Berkeley, my editor, Jen was like, what do you think about calling it Stone Cold Fox? And I was so obsessed and also kind of mad because I feel like it was staring me right in the face the whole time. It was the perfect title. I am obsessed with that. Are you familiar with the old, I mean, old, like I'm, you know, a hundred years old, but are you familiar with that expression that people used to call so with Fox? One of my favorite movies is The Virgin Suicides, uh, directed by Sofia Coppola. And when Josh Hartnett whispers and Kirsten does ear, you're a stone fox. I just don't think I'd ever see anything hotter in my life at that time. So very familiar with the phrase. And yeah, I think it just really encompasses a lot that's going on in the book, but especially for B. Oh my gosh. The cover, the cover art, the cover title, this, as I said, listeners, the whole book is the package. It is so 
I will repeat myself, perfect for your book discussions. And I have to ask you, because you're a very, I mean, you are so busy. You're a film writer, TV writer. Where does the inspiration or how do you find the time or where does the idea come to say, okay, I'm going to start writing a novel now and was be the character that first showed up for you because it has this sort of rip from the headlines type of feel. Tell me about that a little bit. I'd always wanted to write a book for obvious reasons, but I never thought I had the idea. I mean, I get ideas all the time and usually what I'm deciding is, okay, is this a feature film? Is this a TV pilot? What do I want to do with whatever has popped in my head? And B's voice just really struck me. And I said, she might be my first novel. And then I was also partially motivated. There's a big trend in Hollywood right now where IP is the thing, intellectual property. And so I was pitching so often on other people's books. And instead of my own original ideas, I was like, maybe I'll just write a book and I can adapt my own stuff. So it was sort of a twofold way in. But as far as writing the book, B came to me first. I just kind of riffed on her voice a little bit. I'll cop to it. There is a lot of myself and my best friends and be both the light and the dark in some ways. Just I, I feel like we grew up in this time in the early 2000s where the larger perception of women was very specific and harsh and grim. And there are things that imprinted on us during a crucial time. And now we're full-blown adults and we're on therapy and we know that those thoughts are wrong. And like, we know logically, but there are just some things that maybe were said to you at some time, or you saw said about somebody else or something, a friend said, a mother said, it just sticks with you for the rest of your life, despite your best intentions. So I just leaned into some of those darker thoughts, but also the snark of it all too, which I think, you know, if we're not laughing, we're crying. So, (laughs) And a lot of your observations in the book, which I could repeat 1700 (laughs) sentences that are so spot on. And I think we understand, we relate. You're throwing us into B's world and we are there and we are watching. And it is just so incredible what you have done. Again, no spoilers. I was so conflicted. I loved being conflicted. I don't know how the heck you did that. You evoked all these feelings in me. I was rooting for B, but that's a really complicated feeling. We sh- Should we be rooting for Gail maybe? I don't know. But I love that you did that. And I'm still conflicted. I find that remarkable that you created that. Thank you. I wanted to make sure because I am team B all the way. I love her. And I know that's controversial. Some people will love her. Some people will hate her, but I made her funny. So people will want to hang out with her anyway. Right. But I don't like Gail, but I wanted to make sure she was three dimensional. Mm -hmm. She has a clear motivation. She's a fully formed person that someone may connect to. And I wanted to do that with every character in the book, but mostly the women. I mean, there are a couple tertiary characters that I wish I could spend more time with because I love them so much, but I just even wanted them to have their moments in the sun when they arrived. And those, Ren Daly is one of them. She's a fitness influencer that always made me laugh. And she just appeared while I was writing one day and I was like, oh, you can stay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and thankfully, because we, we love her. She's got some really funny things. Well, yes. Okay. I don't want to say it. She's funny. So I'm, I want readers to talk about it with their friends or their book club or whatever. Like I like when I read something 
especially my book club. And we all have a different perspective on it because it makes for juicier conversation. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to tie everything up in a bow at the end. There are a lot of lingering questions in some ways, but I think that makes for a juicier discussion and thought process when you're reading. And on the flip side of that, I'll say I wanted this book to be fun. Like if you're just in the mood for a popcorn thriller, you can pick it up and read it and probably have a very good time. But I also wanted to make sure that if someone wanted to engage with it further, there are a lot of themes, particularly about feminism and patriarchy and being a woman that I think are really good, juicy topics for our book clubs too. So it's it's whatever you're in the mood for. I really tried to cater to a, a wide variety of readers and what they're what the itch they're looking to scratch. <laughs> the greatest thing about it is you start, as I mentioned at the top, with the first sentence. And the next thing I know, I'm like 68 pages in. I'm like, what the heck just happened to me? So it was like a Mack truck. I was gone. I was completely engrossed in this story. And I love that you talk about the bigger themes because there's mother-daughter relationships. There's so many themes that you touch on and it's so beautifully done. So I can't wait for people to read it. So I, enough about that because I'll just keep going on. When I'm reading Stone Cold Fox, I am getting every visual image, the dresses, the clothing, the rings, the hair, the homes, the window treatments, all of it. It's so exceptionally cinematic. I hope there is some form of screen treatment on the way, which perhaps you cannot reveal, but listeners can't see us. So blink once for no and twice for yes. And that's all we will say about that. Um, it's going to be amazing. You know, I really appreciate you saying that because that is something that was so fun for me as a novelist, because typically when I'm writing a script, I can't go into a lot of detail about right. that. You don't have as much real estate and that's largely meant to be the director, the costume designer, the sound designer, the, you know, the, a movie is like a huge team of people. And there is a team with a book for sure. Editor, agent, marketing. I mean, it's, it's a whole team. But as far as the writing of the text, the author is in charge. And it was so nice to just write about what they're wearing, what they're listening to. And even just being the interiority of B, you can't, do that that much for a movie or a TV show. It's not that fun to watch. So but it's really fun to read. And so I liked that I could take all of these creative licenses that I don't, I'm not really able to do in my other writing medium. And that was my next question, because there are so many hold your breath moments in Stone Cold Fox. Well, at least there are plenty of Carol Ann held her breath moments <laughs> in the book. And I was going to say, how is writing the novel, a suspense novel, different I feel like with a screenplay, and I have no idea, I'm a complete civilian when it comes to this, but the building of the tension in screenwriting versus novel writing, I don't know how you change your mental focus for that. I will actually say to that, that being a screenwriter first, I think made me a better novelist mm. because a movie, TV show, you're talking 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, maybe two hours. And that's 30 pages, 60 pages, 90 pages, 120 pages. If you've ever seen a script, there's lots of white space on there. So it's just, you really have to be fast and to the point. But with novels, I still apply a lot of that to my writing process because I want the reader, like, I want to end every chapter on, like, uh, you, you want to go to sleep, but now you can't. You have to keep going. Like, you, I will cliffhanger on every chapter is key for me. And just making sure that it is 
pacey and action oriented. And you can still have fun with the details. I know that I did, but even as a reader, I like when we're in the action we have active characters and I'm not sure where it's going to go. And so I, I do credit a lot of my screenwriting experience to novel writing because I think it made me better at it for my first swing. <laughs> and that would be a grand slam swing. <laughs> and I will tell you that as I read, I kept expecting the direction to be one way. Okay, it's going to end this way. And then I would say, wow, well, there's another 50 pages here. There's another 60 pages. here. Okay, so then something else would happen. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to end it. Well, no, I still have another 30 pages. I never knew what was going to happen. You kept me guessing to the very last page. Rachel, what are you doing? No, I'm glad to hear that. because You know, the ending, I feel like people are really going to love it or they're going to be like, I don't know about that. But the reason I did anything, B was my North Star the entire time. So could I have her do something even more wild in certain areas? Maybe. But is that true to like what her motivation is and who she is as a person? Because at the end of the day, I don't think B is your average gold digger. She's not really in it for the nice things. I mean, she likes it, but don't we all? But it's really more about the safety and security the money will provide for her coming from a background that was very unsafe and very insecure. And that was always at the forefront of her mind. So it was always at the forefront of my mind when thinking about the twists and turns I could take with her. So I'm glad I I love the ending because I think I think it is surprising, but I think it's also if you finish it and you're like, huh, and go back, you'll totally I don't know if someone says they don't like the ending, I just want to be like, read it again. <laughs> Listeners, you're listening. If you don't like me, go back. I'm t- I'm telling you it's a great ending. Because I really think it is completely lined up with the woman you've come to know the past three hundred odd pages. Absolutely. I worried for B. I felt I was with B in her worry and concern and anxiety. Well, you know, the thing about her, I think she's a product of how she was raised. Right. And you just have to keep that in mind as you're learning things about her. But I think the heart of who she is is actually a really fun and exciting person. And I feel like people, like, I just think her circumstances could be so there, not to spoil anything, but she meets this woman and she's not really someone that has had a lot of girlfriends. And I made me think about, oh, if she had had girlfriends growing up, like she could be a totally different type of woman, but still have that spitfire that I think she just innately has inside of her. So I have a lot of compassion for B for as bitchy as she is. I'm sorry. I'm no, you're, you're good. <laughs> you're good. It's fine. We're leaving it. Um, but, you know, I just have a lot of compassion for her and I really care about her as a character. And she's she's my little monster. I just love her. She, and she's really smart. She is a businesswoman. She is professional. She knows how to balance work life, home, all of those things. So I feel like she's got much more to offer than just, you know, whatever people may say, you know, gold digger or grifter, all of those things that she may unfortunately be dubbed, but you'll see that that's not truly the case. She's not just one thing. And that's why I think, you know, team B. That's what, I Thank you. <laughs> That's what I will say about Team B. Now, Stone Cold Fox hits shelves February 14th. I love that it's coming out on Valentine's Me Day. Me too. It's so cheeky. You can get it for someone you love or someone you hate. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even think of, yes, especially the person you don't like. <laughs> Maybe consider it a handbook. I don't it know. It sends a message. It sends a message. <laughs> 
you have so many on your website. You have so many different upcoming events. This is so exciting. What an exciting time for you. Where can listeners find you to check out any of these events? Yes, of course. Well, I'm online, um, mostly on Instagram, the elder millennial I am. TikTok scares me. So I'm on Instagram at Rach Kohler Croft. And my website's rachelkohlercroft.com where all my tour dates are. But I'm going to five cities. So I'm starting where I live in LA. Then I'm going down to San Diego. Then I'll be flying to Chicago, where I'm wow. from. And then to New York City. And then to Scottsdale, Arizona, where my mother now resides. Yay. So I have a lot of Yes, I know. I was like, we have to go to Scottsdale. I have to have my mommy there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course. When are you in New York? Do you know? Yes, February 28th. It's a Tuesday night and I'll be at Book Club Bar in the East Village. My really lovely friend, Erin Neary, is the owner of the bookstore and it's also a bar. So you can come and have a glass of champagne and I'll be in conversation with Liv Stratman, who wrote Chile and she's fabulous. And I'm doing a door prize at all of my events. So if you purchase the book on site or pre-order from the hosting bookstore, you'll be entered into the door prize and it's luxury skincare because we have to protect the moneymaker if he has taught us anything. So I really want them to feel like parties and we can have fun and just be ourselves and have a good time. Gosh, I am so <laughs> excited for this for you. I'm just like, I have stars in my eyes just listening to you. You are in for such a wonderful ride. Oh my gosh. Um, anything you can share, whether it's about this, the book becoming some sort of different type of uh, medium um, or anything you might be working on next? I will say I'm optimistic about the future mm-hmm. of Stone Cold Fox, mm-hmm. but to be announced, we'll see what shakes out there. Um, and I just finished the first draft of my second novel. I'm so excited about it. I could scream. I finished it at the end of last year and I, oh my God, Carolyn, it's like we skipped Christmas in my house. I was like crying every day. I was like, I have to finish this because I wanted to enjoy Q1 before the book comes out. I didn't want that monkey on my back, but early feedback has been really positive. I'm very excited about it. I don't want to say, I don't know what the rules are as far as what I can yep. say yet, but it's very heavily influenced by a specific genre of music, not country music. I already did that. And it might even be a little bit spooky. So I'm really excited. I wouldn't call it a domestic suspense the way that Stone Cold Fox has been mm-hmm. kind of classified. But if you respond to Stone Cold Fox and my voice and the things I like to explore in my work, you will be along for the ride for the second novel, too. It's going to be a blast. I think we should add a fourth part to your name. We should say Rachel Kohler Horrorcroft because... <laughs> I like scary things. Do you know my birthday's around Halloween? So it's always been something that I just like. And I'm a Scorpio and we're sick and we like creepy shit. Oh my God. The best women in my life are Scorpios. That's all I'm going to say about that. And everyone knows that it's really called Shocktober, not October. I absolutely loved the movie. Katie Tornhearts. I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. I loved it. I thought it was great. And once I realized that was your baby, I then I immediately watched it and I watched it twice because there were oh, lots you. of really great lines that I felt could have been in Stone Cold Fox. It sounds like me. Yeah. And then I don't know if you knew this, but I wrote all the lyrics to the original songs in the movie too. Oh my goodness. You, oh my God. <laughs> now I have a real serious girl crush right now. <laughs> this is just... 
out of control. Before I let you go, any book recommendations you would like to share with listeners? Oh, yes. While we're talking about somewhat creepy things, I did just finish The Shards by Brett Easton Ellis, and I loved it. And what I'll say is, if you don't consider yourself a fan of his, because I know some of his earlier works are pretty harsh. I mean, I like American Psycho, but it's a brutal book, for example. I thought this one, even though it has some dark themes and situations, I found it to have a rather light spirit in parts and just felt like a real peek into the person. I don't know if Brett is calling it autofiction, but it sort of has, it's playing with that. Mm -hmm. And I just really loved it. And it's long, but I went to see him speak with Rachel Kushner in LA and he referred to it as a hangout novel, which I just thought was so cool because you really do just hang out with it and watch what these teenagers are up to in 1981 LA, which sounded amazing and crazy. So I really, really loved it. And then right now I'm reading uh, Pamela Anderson's memoir and I'm riveted by it. I love the documentary she did on Netflix. I find her very fascinating, a very warm person, very smart. So don't sleep on her memoir because I'm really, really enjoying it. It's fantastic. And that documentary is unbelievable. It's, I'm just so glad she's doing it. Like, I mean, gosh, she would be a good mother, wouldn't she? In terms of if we were Stone Cold Fox went that way. I think she's a real, I think she's a really good actress with some depth. And like, I think this is the beginning of a career renaissance for her. If I were a betting woman. I mean, I completely got that same vibe from it. Me too. I think so too. But speaking of someone's time, and this is definitely not a book you, you can hang out with Stone Cold Fox, but I'm also going to tell you to hang on when you read it because you will not not want to put this one down. Book discussions. Start your engines. I will share links to all of that information on the podcast page for this episode. Today's book, Stone Cold Fox by today's guest, the wonderful Rachel Kohler Croft. It hit shelves everywhere on the 14th. As we said, please grab a copy at your local library or your local independent bookstore. Stone Cold Fox is published by Berkeley Books. Rachel Kohler Croft, I can't thank you enough for joining me and the listeners of Merrick Library's Top Shelf Podcast. It was really my pleasure. Thanks so much for hosting me. Good luck with the book tour, and I hope you will come back for whatever comes next. I certainly will. Anytime. Uh, listeners, I thank all of you for joining me today. Remember to follow Top Shelf at Merrick Library on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find most podcasts. For the latest and the greatest at the Merrick Library, check out our website at merricklibrary.org. Special thanks, as always, to Merrick Library Director Dan Chusmier, Assistant Director Diane Bondi, and the Merrick Library Board of Directors for getting us off the ground and on to the airwaves. Until the next time, remember to keep us on your top shelf. <music>